0: Salmonberries, a librarian in the small Alaskan town of Kotzebue, is confronted by a woman who is also named Kotzebue, demanding help in finding her birth parents. Over time, the two form a relationship and try to work together to get answers to the questions about their pasts. Screenplay by Percy Adlon, directed by Percy Adlon, and released in Germany on October 31st, 1991. Uh, Have you seen salmon before i'm assuming no no i haven't have you heard of salmon berries before
1: um i've heard about a movie that katie lang was in and i'm assuming it's this
0: movie yeah most <laughs> <When> likely <laughs> she did very little acting yeah. <laughs> overall because
1: i remember hearing something where she was gonna be in a movie
0: back in the 90s you were yeah in the that. 90s yeah.
1: But and pay attention to you know what movie?
0: Yeah, I mean I, the name sounds vaguely familiar to me, but it didn't really uh, you know get into the the radar of like the independent film scene. I guess I don't know. It's not really considered to be a classic um, in that way. Um, I think it is probably most notable for being Katie Lang's. Feature debut uh, as an actress. Um, And she really did not go far with the acting beyond this. So, I think it's probably for the best, unfortunately. I didn't really like her performance in this movie. If we're going to get into that. Mm,
1: yeah, Sure. Um, I mean, I was reading certain reviews and it was just a lot of them just saying how... Awkward.
0: Yeah, part of that's the character, but... Okay, here's but what I would I know, say. Like, I know
1: that it it's the character, but...
0: So, um, uh-huh. from my perspective, I, I think the way she handled her body language as it relates to how the character was supposed to be uh-huh. was good. Like, you know, she carried herself well, but the actual inflection of the words that she was saying were not there at all.
1: I mean, she just sounded... Dead. I don't know.
0: Yeah, almost monotone. Yeah. most of the time. Yeah. So yes, body wise, good. Word wise, inflection wise. Like
1: no like Emoting. Life in, yeah. Yeah. But uh, I don't know if that was meant to be. I mean, her character is. I don't. Cause it's like we don't even learn anything about that character's upbringing, really
0: no she seems to come out of nowhere which is odd so she's what 30 something years or like mid-20s or something like I'm, that in like, this movie
1: well when we get to the end i feel like she's in her 20s
0: that's pro- yeah that's probably right and, and she's working in a, as a miner she's working in the mines in this you know alaskan town and apparently has been for a while i don't know exactly when she arrived in the town that's the part that is completely unexplained i'm
1: yeah because where did she i know okay she Mm -hmm. she was found in a box as a baby and the box was just had the sign katsubu on it yeah was she given to another town and then she comes to katsubu
0: to find herself
1: to find yeah, who her birth parents
0: are. I would have to assume yes, but they don't explain but that. That's why I was like, where is this? Because this is she... such a small like, town, I mean, why yeah, would I she know. just now all of a sudden maybe go to she the library has, like, to like find her the, and all yeah, this stuff, you like, know?
1: Maybe she has the funds from working in this mining thing. Yeah. To finally be like, oh, I'm going to come to this town because I know that's where I'm from, because that's where my name is. And. I'm going to find out who I am.
0: I guess so. I but, just wish that there would have been, like, one or two lines of dialogue would have prevented this confusion that we're Yeah,
1: because, I yeah, was I was like, easy. well, I wanted to know what happened, Ooh. like, who found her, because she does yeah. say, you know, she had a foster mom,
0: but, well, like, she what... she just calls the other one.
1: Yeah, who is her... <laughs> and yeah, the librarian, the other one. <laughs> Roswitha,
0: has to, like, explain, like, oh... Oh, you mean your foster mother?
1: Like, how did she figure that out by saying, the other one? Just,
0: the other one.
1: (laughs) So, it's just, yeah. And then I was... Because then, yeah, in the very first scene, she's in that library. And then, you know, she wants a book about the town Katsubu. And then, you know, the librarian gives her that book. And she's like ripping through the pages and then the librarian's like oh you don't know how to read but then it turns into like this weird scene where she like throws all the books and leaves yeah and I was like oh she does she doesn't know how to read but she does know how to read because she reads the sign the welcome to katsubu sign and she finds out you know the origin is like russian when the librarian said german yeah so she knows how to read, but I was like, she probably, like, I want to know, like, did she, she probably did have, like, an abusive childhood. Always being, yeah, like, yeah. cast out. Yeah, I
0: mean, yeah, she definitely doesn't have a place in this world, right? She doesn't feel like she belongs anywhere, even, you know, amongst the minors. She's the only woman who's there. She's really the only, like,
1: yeah, non indigenous
0: woman in that mining crew
1: yeah well she's Um, probably half
0: most likely half from what we learn later on yeah most likely half but just you know physical appearance wise right
1: the other thing is that she poses as a man like she's very androgynous so everyone thinks that she is a guy
0: yeah i don't know if she's posing as a man I think that's just who she is, and people just make assumptions.
1: Right, because you know? the because she has short hair and she's tall, and you know, everyone Yeah, has just, sort of a deeper voice. and right. speaking and and know, then everyone's just like
0: calls young, young her boy or man. yeah
1: calls her young boy or young man, and she doesn't you know really
0: she doesn't tell, speak much at all, so like she doesn't spend the energy to correct anybody. Because right, she generally doesn't speak like she just, all that much. Yeah. At least it's start. It's sort of like in the opening book scene where she is just standing there awkwardly and, like, pointing towards stuff where she grabs the, you know, she says, like, one or two words and lets the librarian do all the work of, you know, carrying the conversation. And she's, you know, like, flipping through the pages instead of, like, asking for help or asking questions. She's just doing random stuff. I was like,
1: is it... Well, because then... I don't know any. I was... Because I, I I just want to know her upbringing, and we would, never will. Yeah. But is, is this like a Because, you know, we do know that she was found in a box as a baby yes. somewhere. And she did have a foster mom, but we don't... I was thinking, like, is this a Nell situation? Like, does she not know how to speak, really, or read? But she does know... So she must have gone to some sort of schooling. Someone should must have taught her.
0: Yeah, it's really.
1: But I know that she's. But then I, then I was like, well, was she abused in any way, or she? That's just how she is. Like she's just very, you know, she's just there, and she's... doesn't say much. But she says what she wants to say. When she really wants to say something. (laughs) Yeah, or when she
0: becomes comfortable, she starts to open up to Rosemitha, the the, uh, librarian. Yeah. Um, I mean, in all honesty, like, what I wrote down is that she acts like a rabbit or a feral dog a lot of the time. You know, very... That's why I was like, was she behavior. raised, like,
1: how was she raised? Was she cast out?
0: Yeah, we'll never know. We'll
1: never know that, I know. But that's but I, I, I kept them wondering that the entire time. I was like, who is she? I want to know, who yeah, it's is important. she? We
0: need we need to know some of this stuff, because, like, her eccentricities, they're not charming. They're not endearing in any way. And so, like, when she tries to start to forge a relationship with, with Rosalie, with Ross. Roswitha. Yeah. I'm getting confused with Rosalina, Super Mario Galaxy character. Um, <laughs> yeah, like Roswitha, the, the librarian, like, I have no, I don't know, I, I don't want them to win, you know, like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't want them to get together because I think Roswitha deserves better than. Yeah. Than Katsubu. Yeah.
1: Because
0: Katsubu is just, you know, strange then... for a strange sake. Because we don't know her background. We don't know her history at all. You know, and and yeah, she's like unpredictable behavior. She has weird anger spurts. Like when she does throw that book. Yeah. It's like, oh, you don't know how to read. Instead of like, you know, correcting her or something. She just, you know, swipes the table. I mean, that's what I'm thinking. Like, she was probably not
1: raised in a good situation. Yeah,
0: probably not. But we need to know what it is to have some sort of sympathy. Because I don't, I don't know, maybe we don't, but... I, I mean, did not have any sympathy because I didn't have any background.
1: I mean, I had sympathy like for her asshole. because I—I well, I don't think she's an asshole. I'm just like, but I she feel acted like, like it a lot. I think she's just like misunderstood. Misunderstood because then I was like, that's what I'm thinking was she must have been like abused or something.
0: It it could be. I don't have any. But I don't want to, you know. Yeah.
1: Assume, um, but.
0: But yeah, virtually all of her actions are just really tough to wrap my head around, you know, but like when Russ with a thought that she was still a boy or whatever, and, and, you know, comes for her second visit to the library and she, instead of correcting her and says, no, I'm actually a girl. Mm-hmm. She instead hides behind some shelves, Books, yeah. strips completely naked and walks
1: out, walks out the naked aisle
0: and basically shows, yep, here, here you go. I'm, I'm a girl. I'm not a guy. Yeah. And then someone else comes into the library, and she has to go. Yeah, back she doesn't. And
1: well, maybe she had to really prove instead of her saying, "No, I'm a girl," and then.
0: But she could have tried saying it through dialogue first. Me, that's what didn't. I'm
1: thinking. Like she can't so, emote some feelings because I feel like she I has know. some trauma that we're, happened to her.
0: We're we're in agreement on this. <laughs> I'm just trying to explain. Okay. You know that. These types of actions do not endear the character to me. Mm. Like I'm an audience member, I need to connect with the lead character. I'm not able to because I don't have Im- this background. Emote her
1: feelings through speaking, so she has to take all her clothes off and be like, "Here I am, I'm a woman."
0: But then later on, she does try to convey her feelings through speaking, and yeah. So I mean, it's there's, because there's she's no becoming focus. like there's more no in this. We're not going to understand why it was done this way, unless we <laughs> talk to Percy Adlon directly. Um, mm. But I didn't like how it was done. That's the yeah, I, of it. Yeah. I mean, um, yeah,
1: the entire time I was like, who is this person?
0: <laughs> I think the whole film kind of lacks that direction or focus as well, because it goes in a few different directions, So we start off with this weird, what should be an intriguing introduction to these characters. Um, And I'll also say that that Roswitha is not a very endearing character either, to be honest, especially at the beginning. She's very curt with everybody that she comes across and it's just like, get out of my library, it's time to close. And like, she, you know, she's mean to everyone at all times, it seems like. And then again, over time, she sort of opens up, but then when the snowmobile blows up, she's angry at katsubu for the snowmobile blowing up as if it's like fully her fault and like storms off
1: like you you young people with destroying things right as if it was like so it's like these (sighs) two people they they have like two similar sort of personalities where they just don't open up their feelings
0: nobody knows how to communicate properly
1: well i mean they both had well we we know more about Roswitha than like katsubu because we know about like Roswitha's trauma about like the war. Yeah, we learn about stuff. that
0: right before the snowmobile blows up. Basically yeah. they're on a they're on the snowmobile together, just sort of taking like a joyride around town, in essence, just kind of whatever. Yeah. And Roswitha opens up and tells her of her story of growing up in East Germany, trapped behind the wall and you know, how her husband was shot and possibly killed, you know, twenty years ago. Um and then she's really mad that she told that story to somebody who could be so reckless and blow up the snowmobile that she storms right. well, off and like refuses to talk she's to her never, again for a while.
1: It seems as if she's never told that story to anyone because it's yeah. like... She was like, I finally opened myself up and it's to you. Right. And I don't like this. And th- But the other... Ugh, I was also thinking, I mean, of how many times Roswitha has been so angry with Katsubu, they still she still like gives Katsubu another chance. It's there was like so many times where, you know, even with the first time they meet where she throws the book out of and then storms out of the library, but then, you know, I don't know if it's the next day or the day later, Roswitha is like, oh, it's you again here's your book and she and then you know katsubu doesn't say anything so she's like you're welcome thank you how right. are like she's like making her like talk yeah, exactly
0: and like every single time she's like oh you're loitering i'm gonna call the police oh you threw books i'm gonna call the police like but she does with that type of stuff but, like it i don't know it's a weird threat to begin with and that's what right. i'm saying like she was not endearing to me in the beginning either because like oh you threw a book i'm gonna call the police on you it's like okay settle down, lady. You know? <laughs> I
1: don't know. I mean, she was probably just like, I want to go home. It's like, you're a librarian. Well, I don't know. She was probably I like, I want to go home. And then this fucking asshole comes in yeah. and starts, I don't know. Like, I think she probably wasn't really going to call the police. No, she was I'm just sure threatening she wasn't. But it's just... To just make her get out of the library so like, she can just go yeah, home.
0: Just taking the conversation that part. But, but she, I don't know. I don't remember if she says the same thing. Because you mentioned how she um, read the sign about how the city was founded by a Russian. Uh-huh. Um, Katsubu digs up. She chops down the sign that's outside and yeah. just carries it into the library to show her. Yeah. I don't remember if she threatens the police on that, like, for destruction of property or whatever. Right. But like it's... She was just
1: like, get the sign out of here. Yeah, just
0: get... Out, it's like, okay, you're Russian. Right? Like, okay, like, maybe you're Russian. I don't know. Like, I don't know you. I don't know your life. Get out right, of well, here. Well, because it sign. is.
1: She thinks. Ka- okay, I don't know if this is true. Like, Katsubu thinks sh- she's from the town Katsubu and she's from the family.
0: Yeah, who founded who it, founded
1: possibly. that town. So she, she wants to Russian. know about her, like, family lineage.
0: Yeah, she thinks that. Roswitha is basically a historian of the town rather than just a straight up librarian. Right. And so it's like, then you have to find the genealogy of me. Right. Yeah.
1: And I'm like, uh, okay, I mean I know someone was probably like, go to a library. <laughs> yeah. And so in her mind, she's like, Okay, I'll ask a librarian and the librarian has all the the answers.
0: Yeah. And meanwhile there is a second librarian
1: Yeah, who's <laughs> who like she in sees and the out. second
0: time uh Noah? Yock. And, and mm-hmm. um, so the second time that Kazubu shows up, Noyak is there, uh, who claims that Roswitha no longer works there, I guess maybe because she recognized or, or understood that this might be the person who threw the books or right, whatever. So she, but
1: then two seconds later... But then, later. yeah, two seconds later
0: she comes in, but, you know, uh, Kotzebue doesn't want to talk to Noyak about the lineage, so she doesn't want any librarian. Now she's seen this librarian and she wants to try to yeah you know blossom the relationship um by talking to her only but yeah this this movie is kind of disjointed i kind of got off track but um so you have that you know opening scene or whatever and then at one point in the bingo parlor which i don't fully understand the purpose of the bingo parlor other than to have the owner of the bingo parlor as a character of the movie like it gets into this weird like surrealism and i'm like okay now it's gonna get interesting because you know she has like this hallucination while she's playing bingo where you see uh the character who they name uh bingo chalk yeah um grabbing like paints uh you know like a palette of paints and like he's walking through uh this window or you know paper or something that says germany on it which relates back to something that roswitha had said earlier so it's basically like you know a dream sequence that relates to uh one of the founding members of the town mm-hmm. you know like their history and she, so she's like hallucinating that that Chuck is doing this so I'm like okay we're going to have some like surrealism we're going to have some you know uh dream sequences we're going to have you know some interesting stuff because you really don't know what direction this movie is going to take we understand that it's going to be an art film right from the start because you have these really interesting color patterns and stuff yeah. at the beginning with and <laughs> the, the moment I knew I was going to sort of edge on the, the teetering of pretentiousness is when, when, you know, the moment when she's throwing the books.
1: right? It's and all, then, all done in,
0: like, super slow, slow motion. motion. It's like, okay.
1: <laughs> well, there was, like, two scene. there was that scene, and then maybe one other scene that was slow motion, and I was like, why, When though? she falls
0: in the tub and yeah. grabs the chandelier.
1: I was like, why, though? <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. At one point, they sort of skip ahead in the plot. They go to Berlin together. Um, and, and yeah, Roswitha falls in the bathroom, slips on the water and like grabs a chandelier that's within reaching distance evidently and pulls it down with her and it's in super slow motion and it almost seems like it's not planned because you like, you can see the lights flickering mm. during the slow motion, which shouldn't happen if you time that's, the film production I was thinking like, Oh, right she, is she, is
1: she going to die? Like she falls. Yeah, rec- like, okay.
0: You have this lighting structure that's going towards water. Is she going to be electrocuted in this moment? And she's
1: not. Nothing happens
0: at that moment at
1: all. Like, why make make that all slow motion and so dramatic for it to, for her to just casually fall to the floor and then Katsubo come to her and be like, are you okay? And then she just comes up and she's like, oh, yeah. Like, it was nothing.
0: It was absolutely nothing.
1: Like, I didn't understand that scene. And then the other scene that was like, okay, is this, like, another pretentious art thing was when we're fast-forwarding now to that same day or night where they're talking because Katsuba just all of a sudden professes her feelings to Roswitha saying, I love you right, and you're beautiful and starts trying to kiss her and does kiss her, but then Roswitha is like, no, I can't do this. Mm -hmm. And then it's, like, them talking all night, but it's, like, 30 seconds vignettes of Kat- of Roswitha saying something, right. staring out a window and Katsubu just sitting on a bed.
0: Yeah they change positions, um, they change the camera angles and so yeah it's basically meant to talk, uh, show how they've been talking all night, but yeah it starts like a line of dialogue and then it fades to black as if you're going to commercial, just all the sound cuts out, all the visuals cuts out in a slow fade. And then it takes like a half second for anything to fade back up. Yeah. And sometimes it happens, it seems like mid-thought or mid-sentence.
1: Yeah, she'll be like, oh, and then the, the other day cuts out. Yeah. <laughs> and then and then she they show another scene where she just says, I don't think I could do this. And then it cuts to something else like, oh, I think I love blah, 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 and this and that. And then she's like, but I still have feelings for you. It was like, I don't even... Know, like. Yeah, who, I
0: kind of stopped like, paying how, attention to the words and started like, focusing how, on why is this happening so much.
1: Because it was like, Roswitha was just going through her feelings, like, oh, I care about you, but I also don't want to... It was like, I don't want to lead you on, but I still care about you type of yeah. talk.
0: I'll trust you because, honestly, I was just trying to wrap my head around, like, why is this happening? Like, why... <laughs> Why are you doing these awkward transitions? It's just, as an audience trying to take in everything, I understand that you're trying to show a passage of time.
1: Yeah, but it but was weird.
0: But it's off-putting. Like, I don't know, do an insert shot of a clock. Show the position of, like, the moon in the sky or something. I don't know. Like, just do something different. Inter- I don't know. It, it, it was really weird. And then we go back to the eccentricities of the character, because after that's all done... Katsubu, you know, stands up and says, I can't stay with you anymore. And then just collapses to the floor, like faints or like, you know, passes out.
1: Yeah. And then... It's like, okay. But then the next scene is, they're still <laughs> and together. back to Alaska. But they're back to Alaska, but they're still together because Roswitha is like, we still got to find your parents.
0: But they're... Yeah, like I still but, like, gotta help you. Actually, like the next shot, I think is them on the plane back to Alaska, and they're in separate rows.
1: Oh, <laughs> but they still go back together, and well, Roseville's like they have the tickets. They I know, but I'm just.
0: But yeah, I mean, it's just weird, like the collapsing and like fainting, like over melodramatic everything that Katsubu does is just all right. I'm over it.
1: I'm still like I'm confused about like. um how it's like one of them like roswitha or katsubu is like i can't do this anymore but then the next day they're together again helping each other out
0: oh yeah yeah it was roswitha that said i can't stay with you and then that's what caused her to just completely collapse yeah but yeah i mean they're they're still like
1: but they're still like (sighs) if you're then don't be together then like but
0: they're just not together romantically. I,
1: that's but I'm saying like don't no. be together like in the same room like ever then. If you're saying I don't want I can't stand you, I don't want to be with with like physically in the same room as you, then if you saw like I know they're in a small town and yeah, you can't really Yeah, they're
0: in a really, super small town so it's kind of They tough can't to like not. avoid each
1: other. But it's like when Katsubu shows up again, Roswitha isn't like okay, I told you yesterday, I don't want to see you, yet you're here. Right. Like, get the fuck out. I don't know. Like.
0: Yeah. And then maybe she feels bad, and then she's like, okay,
1: I'll help. Like, I feel like it was just like, okay, I'll help you find... It was like this whole movie was just like, okay, I'll help you find your parents or whatever.
0: And a lot of it could have been avoided the way they handled the ending. I I don't know, the whole movie could have been avoided, <laughs> the way they handled the ending and like yeah. what was the big revelation? It was
1: just, it, and that uh, was like, impetus. I'm still confused by that. Oh, really? Oh, like the That's, necklace thing? Yeah. Um, where like if that... Katsubu
0: was wearing the necklace like in the freaking library and Noyak would have seen it like day two, then... Hey, problem solved. You got your mystery solved. Yeah,
1: that's what... I was like, she was wearing that the whole... Like, her entire life. I don't know. Just
0: underneath her clothes or something. Yeah, but... And...
1: It it was seen...
0: It wasn't seen until, like, the very end, basically.
1: And Noyak is like, wait, where'd you get that necklace? Because she has the same necklace.
0: Yeah. Like, it it just... It
1: wasn't even... But Katsubu didn't bring that up the entire time, because... So, she, uh, I'm assuming she had got that necklace from when she was in the box being left as a baby.
0: Yeah, they said it was in the box with her.
1: But she didn't say that, like, in the beginning.
0: No, not in the beginning.
1: She could have been like, she hey... She said it
0: once someone asked about the thing.
1: Yeah, but she... I don't know. She could have been like, hey, I was left in a box with this necklace. Right. She... And then she could have told Roswitha that, I don't know, and they'll be like, oh, let's find the origin of this necklace. I don't know.
0: Yeah, that would have been nice. Uh, And she probably would have been able to see what it was. It's like, oh, I know
1: what, yeah, she'd be like, oh, I've seen this necklace before because I've seen Noyak wearing it, and then let's figure this mystery out
0: yeah exactly
1: <laughs> i don't know
0: but instead it doesn't really show up at all until she's robbing bingo chuck um like halfway through the movie there's like this sort of frantic scene and it's like again the movie doesn't fully know what it wants to be i think uh, you know there's a lot of anger in the town it seems like for some reason there's a guy with like a shotgun shooting things off the dog's in front of the bingo parlor or i think
1: it's just a small parking like crazy yeah, and, a small town and these people you know they don't there's like not much to do in this town so. yeah
0: but it's you know very frantic pacing and you know again constantly was like trying to rob chuck to get money for these plane tickets to berlin um right why him also? i don't know but like because the pacing she, makes it sound seem like something knows bad that, is like, going to happen
1: the, she knows that you know the bingo winner will get money so yeah and it's coming from chuck so she's like okay i'll get instead of trying to win bingo i'm gonna get them just steal yeah and, and she
0: knows that supposedly he'd be up um you know down in the parlor and not home but and then like uh one of roswitha's berry containers falls and there's Loud radio noise, and you know, it makes it seem like something tragic is going to happen. But mm-hmm. really, all that happens is Bingo Chuck catches Katsubu stealing. She's like, I'm gonna cut your dick off if you're getting closer to me. Yeah, and he's like, Where did you get that necklace thing? Yeah, so and he knows. Yeah, so that's like the first time it comes up is during this weird scene. Um, yeah, we that don't, really we don't know as a viewer what the hell's
1: going on, but
0: he knows. He knows and we learn why he knows at the end and everything. Let's talk about the berries since I mentioned them briefly. I mean, yeah, this movie is
1: called Salmon Berries. It's called Salmon Berries. (laughs) So I'm assuming, are those salmon berries?
0: (laughs) I'm assuming that they are potentially salmon berries, yes. So I actually did look that up as to what salmon berries are because I don't know if I've had them before. Um, They're part of the raspberry family, so they're going to look a lot like raspberries, they can grow in Alaska. I don't know if they could grow that far northwest as to where uh, Katsubu, the town, yeah. is, which is a real town. It's like yeah. a population of like 3,000, 4,000 mm-hmm. people, something like that. Um, apparently, the berries themselves either have like little or no flavor, depending on who you ask, um, or they could be, you know, terrible. I don't know. There's a wide range of palates for it, but... In general, I guess... Like, either bitter, They don't have much like flavor. ...bitter
1: or not very sweet yeah, type. Yeah,
0: yeah. And then they come in, like, yellow, orange, and reddish colors, usually more towards the yellow or orange. But when we see them in the movie, they are virtually all red in Roswitha's right. room. And I think that's because... If there's one thing that this director does right, it's his, it's his use of color.
1: Yeah. I mean, the cinematography... I liked yeah a lot.
0: Yeah, it's very beautiful. Yeah. But story-wise it's not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. For for lack of a better term. Yeah. Um so yeah, you like you so have think, the lights I mean we can like can and, like, compare this, this to, to
1: Solo Contu Pareja, but sure. I mean that movie I like more than
0: this. Okay.
1: But they're both I mean, I know both movies, we were like, huh, what the hell? But they're both pretty.
0: Yeah, they're both pretty. And I yeah. again, it's very effective use of color. It's very strong individual colors most of the time. Like when we first see Rosewood in <clears throat> the library, it's a very, very harsh blue light shining throughout the entire thing. Mm-hmm. At one point, there's Chuck and uh, and uh, Noyak talking to each other, and one of them is in like pure red light the other ones in like pure green light yeah and so like things like that where it's very focused color schemes um or like i said when you're in the bedroom of rosswitha with all the berries across every single wall it's just a big jumble of red in there Uh, and i think it works well against the the piercing white of the the snow of the town to break things up so yeah really good use of lighting and shadows in there too um but yeah, Roswitha is like collecting these salmon berries in essence is like a remembrance of her husband is what I gathered. It's something that they used to like to do together mm-hmm. and she sort of carried on the tradition and she just keeps them in jars and she writes the year number on the bottom of the jars and just keeps piling them high and yeah, has it's nowhere like she to doesn't use them. Eat them. No. I mean she could here and there. Yeah. They're still largely edible. Um, She feeds Katsubu some of them. Uh, However, it ends up being another weird scene where she accidentally feeds her berries from 1977 and she falls asleep after like three bites because it's like such strong liquor or whatever. It's like it just fermented so much that... Yeah. Yeah.
1: That she just automatically passed out.
0: Yeah. I mean, if they're in the sun, I mean, Alaskan sun is going to be different than other areas. It's not going to be as, you know hot. But I mean, if they're in the windows since 1977 (laughs) or whenever, Mm. um, you'd think that that much sun would probably do something to them, even if they are in an enclosed airtight jar. But who knows? I'm assuming that salmon berries are meant to be again, talking about her relationship with her husband uh, and then also possibly some sort of metaphor for the berry itself and how it's kind of unique Mm. and acquired taste type of a thing I don't know if that's what they're going for or not but that's my interpretation of that why don't we talk about the love story side of things we kind of touched on it here and there an interesting portrayal of a lesbian relationship in that it doesn't have that happy ending that a lot of these types of movies might have
1: Uh, so I, I mean is this even like a romantic relationship though that's what I was.
0: Well, Katsubu wants it to be.
1: Yeah, I know she does, but Roswitha is just kind of like. I'm here to help you, and but then, Katsubu. Also, like I guess in her infatuation with Roswitha, you know, gets money to buy tickets because, she's like staying at like a friend, one of her coworkers' place. Yeah her minor quote friends because she's just kind of laying in bed and the mother of her co-worker is watching you know it was like the one year anniversary of like the fall of the Berlin Wall and yes. then it's just like dawned on Katsubu's mind like I'll take Roswitha to Berlin to Find out about her husband because, mm-hmm. you know, she's still, you know, like grieving. I don't want to, I
0: don't know. Like, yeah, I mean, just she still... is basically, you know, there's unanswered questions because yeah, she yeah. doesn't 100% know if her husband was yeah, she, killed. She, she, she just, knows that he was shot. She knows
1: that he was behind. shot and he was like run and so she runs and then she, you know, she's exiled in Alaska and she's been there for. 20 ish years. Mm -hmm. And I think she's always just been kind of wondering, you know, is her husband still alive? So then I think Katsubu is like, okay, I'm going to take you to Berlin. And then, because I guess Katsubu also knows that Roswitha has a brother. And then they go to talk to the brother. And then they do find out that her husband is had died.
0: Yeah, and the brother was the reason for it, too. So yeah. that, that's that's partly why she had never been back to Germany. It's yeah. one, East and West Germany had been still separated by right. the wall for, you know... Uh, yeah, at this point, when this movie was probably written and filmed, it was probably like a year at the most. Yeah, I mean... So it's yeah. very fresh. Um, and, yeah, their brother basically ratted on... His own sister and her husband, mm-hmm. Carl, who we don't see in the movie because he's dead, for you know, trying to defect or you know, like be they're basically you know anti government, anti East German government right sentiments. Um, the brother turns them in, and you know, gets her gets husband,
1: them fired yeah, at. Carl, yeah, Carl gets killed, and he just confirmed that, and then you know. But, it's just, I think, Katsuba, I know Katsubu loves Roswitha romantically, but I feel like it's like a different type of love that Roswitha has to Katsubu.
0: Yeah. Like, it, they have
1: this weird, um, there, I mean, I guess it's very ambiguous.
0: There are times when it seems like she may be open to it. And the movie, like she, I don't know, the movie leads you to believe just because virtually every movie is has a love story in it somewhere that yeah. this is where it's going to head.
1: And that's when we get to the scene where Roswitha is like that overnight scene where she's like,
0: I Yeah, care. it's just like a all-night rejection. Yeah, basically. I care
1: about you, but not in that type of way. Mm-hmm. And that's when Katsubu just faints. But then, you know, the next day they have to go back to Alaska together. And then that's why I'm like confused... So, and Raswitha is still helping Katsubu find her parents. That's what I was like, okay, you just had this, like, very long talk about I can't reciprocate my love for you. So why can't, like, I don't know, then break it off.
0: I don't know, but it's tough to assume that any character should make sense now when they hadn't before in this movie right a yeah. lot of a lot of the character actions and you know like why does she chop down the sign there's a lot yeah, of stuff that just does I, not make yes. sense so why should this make sense i guess yeah um
1: but then okay and then if we just get to the end Katsubu finds out that about you know the whole thing with the necklace thing no Noyak is like where'd you get that necklace and then she's she was like, I was found with this necklace as a baby. And then mm-hmm. they like confront Bingo Chuck
0: mm-hmm.
1: about it. Because she's like, I got this from my husband who is Bingo Chuck. Right. And then she talks about how, I guess, I mean, okay, so Bingo Chuck, he was in the war. And he just mm-hmm. had a bunch of women that's what yeah. I'm assuming. Yes. A yes. bunch of young women. He was just taking advantage of a bunch of young women. Because she was like, I was 15 when I met you. I don't know how their age difference is now, but she's like 35 at that point. He's probably like 50, 60s.
0: Probably. I, they don't say maybe, how old he is, older, but he honestly. he is
1: much older, uh, you can tell. Yeah,
0: he's, he's probably late 60s because he, oh, he passed okay. away in 1992. I don't I didn't Right no but stage. in
1: the movie not I mean,
0: IRL well but it was 1991 so you can't they didn't dress him up to look older or younger than he was okay so he's probably late 60s okay 60s the, yeah.
1: and she's 35 so it's like half her age or or his age yeah she was like I was 15 when I met you and this and that and, he, and then that's when he
0: yeah he basically said this is like a parting gift to all of my affairs. Yeah. In yeah. Like this was... Uh, like all I, don't, the, I don't know who the mother is because I gave out so many of these things.
1: Yeah, which I was like, oh, fuck this guy. <laughs> yeah. I was like, how many necklaces do you have? And yeah. then I was like, why is it a parting gift if she... Th-? Like, because they're still together. Noyak and yeah. Bingo Chuck. Well, probably not after... Her finding this yeah, maybe out. Yeah, after this. So. Plus, I mean, throughout the movie she's always like, I want to go to Florida and stuff like that. She's like, why don't you take me to Florida and blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. And he's just like, eh. Like, I don't know. He
0: she
1: doesn't wants, want to do anything and she's just like, I want to, you know, go places and blah blah blah. We, you always promise me these things and we never do them. Yeah. So she's kind of like officially fed
0: up with him. Yeah, yeah. Bingo Chug is not going to come out of this movie very well.
1: Yeah. And then, but that was the end of the movie. It was like, and then he was like, let me talk to my daughter. And then Katsubu arrives and then they try to, he tries to hug her and she's like, and then the end, I
0: don't know. (laughs) And then the end, yeah. I mean, they, they kind of have to get that last revelation out of the way because they open with it.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I don't know I don't know if they're trying to make any sort of I think part of the reason that Percy Adlon wanted to make this movie was to talk about the German history side of things because he is German mm-hmm. um, and then
1: like exiled were you know like the fall of the Berlin Wall like East and West Germany like yeah okay.
0: it's like okay thing, yeah the company the, not the companies <laughs> the um, the countries are coming together very quickly right now but let's not forget about what happened in the past and like let's you know there's a a a lot of it is about reconciliation and trying to to find your history and you know resolve these questions and and so i think that's a lot of what he wanted to to put in there but the surrounding package of kansobu and everything just didn't fully mesh the way i think it was meant to yeah Um, So yeah, they kind of had to squeeze in that last little revelation and scene to just give her some resolution.
1: Yeah, it was like okay, now we help. But it felt Roswitha out, so now we gotta finish up what's going on with Katsubu's life.
0: Yeah, it felt like the you know last couple minutes of a crappy murder mystery. It's like oh, here's your father. Yeah, it was like like, but that was the the last ten minutes. Yeah, yeah, it it was shoehorned in.
1: And this is a 95 minute movie so I don't know
0: yeah I felt longer Yeah. Um, it just didn't seem like it had the focus and the direction that it needed to I think it needed to have more I don't know I wanted more dream sequences I wanted more surrealism in there I wanted more character development um, mm-hmm. there were arcs but there was no development so let's talk about uh, awards there were a couple to mention, actually, in this one. Nothing major, uh, but, well, I guess it depends on your, your perspective. Uh, <laughs> the Bavarian Film Awards, it had two wins in this one. Uh, one was for Best Actress, Roselle Zesch, uh, who played uh, Roswitha. Uh, and then also Best Production, which was uh, awarded to Eleanor Adlon, who is Percy's wife, who helps a lot with the production stuff. Uh, At the Montreal World Film Festival, it won the Grand Prix de Ameriques. I don't know how to pronounce it. So Percy Adlon won basically Best Picture at the Montreal World Film Festival for this movie. Through cast and crew, we can talk about Roselle Zesch really quickly here. Um, She's basically been a steady German actress uh, for her entire career until she passed away in 2011 at the age of 71. Um, She's probably most notable to U.S. audiences for Rainier Fassbender's movies Lola and Veronica Voss. Other than that, this and mostly German movies. Uh, Percy Adlon, the director, he is a Cannes nominee for the Palme d'Or for his previous movie Rosalie Goes Shopping. Independent Spirit nominated for the best foreign film Baghdad Cafe, which is also known as Out of Rosenheim. Uh, Oddly, Baghdad Cafe, I think I've heard of that one. I have not seen it, but it was a big enough hit, so to speak, that it was turned into a TV series in 1990 Hmm. starring Whoopi Goldberg and Gene Stapleton.
1: Hmm.
0: And that lasted for like a season. So maybe that's how I know the name is that, you know, in the back of my mind, I recognize that that TV show existed at some point. Uh, Felix O. Adlon, um, he's not credited at the beginning of the movie for screenplay but he is at the end he uh, basically co-wrote the screenplay and translated it from german so i guess percy probably wrote this in german mm-hmm. and then gave it to his son felix to you know translate it in english because it is all english language um so he's credited they, at the end but not in the beginning they so.
1: do have german well when they do go to berlin oh and yeah they're talking to Roswitha's brother and his wife. They're all speaking in German, but they don't have subtitles.
0: They do not give us subtitles. They're basically yeah, they're putting us in Kazabu's shoes perspectives. Yeah.
1: Wondering what's going on. And we're just only looking at facial expressions and yeah. we're learning bad news, I guess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: um so felix has done some other stuff a lot of it with his father um such as uh younger and younger which is another percy adlon movie that stars donald donald sutherland and brendan Fraser, uh, and then also eat your heart out uh with his now ex-wife pamela adlon who i think we all know is like the voice of bobby hill and has done a whole lot of uh acting and voiceover work throughout her years bob telson did the music uh we didn't talk about katie lang's song in this yeah it uh, was
1: just the one song it's just the
0: one song played multiple times throughout i th- think it's written for this movie because yeah. bob telson i don't think is a typical katie lang collaborator um it's a good it's a really good song yeah i think if anything should have been like nominated is yeah original song for this right yeah but it. but it didn't happen um if we can find it we probably can it's called um,
1: barefoot I, it's on youtube because okay, i, fu- then, I yeah, found we'll it. Put it on the website then because i also read that um you know katie Ling also had adlon direct a music video for her for another song oh
0: okay that makes sense yeah i think they've they've probably worked a couple times together hmm. um bob Telson did the music for Baghdad cafe as well um his biggest hit was Calling You, which I don't know by name, but apparently it's you know, been sung on like singing competitions like American Idol. and oh, been really? using, like, So You Think You Can Dance or stuff like okay. that afterwards. So evidently it's known to some degree. Um, we'll try to put that on the website as well. Uh, he also wrote the music for the play The Gospel of Colonists. So if you're into plays, then you probably know that, possibly. I don't know. Um, the cinematographer was Newton Thomas Siegel. Sigil, not sure. Uh he's bafta nominated for Bohemian Rhapsody. Weird. Okay. <laughs> Independent Spirit nominated for usual suspects. He's done stuff like Drive to Five Bloods, uh, Three Kings and the X Men movies, it works with Brian Singer a lot. Um, he's also gonna do the nineteen ninety one movie Murder in High Places. So that's partly why the that's, cinematography is so good, because yeah. he is a you know that's one interesting. Of those types of guys.
1: Well, 'cause we've seen, you know, with like terror within yeah <laughs> like those cinematographers
0: some of them get their start in lower places I wouldn't really consider this a lower place
1: I mean this was still good and then yeah I mean you know his other movies like you know usual suspects and stuff like that I mean that's
0: but yeah sometimes these people can pop up in the unexpected places I guess we'll say yeah um, a lot of the cast were uh, indigenous people um, and so a lot yeah. of, the, if they had credits, it was mostly in Northern Exposure, the TV show. So that, you know, I'm not going to go over too my, too many of these because there isn't a whole lot of cast in here and they're mostly known for like one or two things, typically Northern Exposure. And that goes the same for Jane Land, who played Noyak. Um, she was in, I think, a little bit of that as well. mm mm-hmm. um, I will say that she is a founding member of the Native American Theater Ensemble, which was created in New York City in 1975, so she's been active in the, in the world, mostly, I think, in stage work, though. Katie Lang, I'll talk about her music career, because, again, there isn't a whole lot to talk about in terms of acting. Uh, four-time Grammy winner... 11 additional nominees. She also has the MTV Video Music Award win for the Best Female Video for 1992's Constant Craving. Okay. She was also on the very first issue of Entertainment Weekly back in 1990. Didn't realize that that started so close to this era. I... I thought it was Yeah. in the 80s that it oh. started, but guess Okay, not.
1: yeah. I thought Entertainment Weekly started mid-90s, so
0: started in 1990 so it's cool i don't know <laughs> if, if you guys out there I was have an entertainment... a 1991 entertainment weekly yeah that's,
1: <laughs> that's why i was wondering are there any entertainment weeklies from because i was trying to look it up when we were when we have our uh, our yeah. tv guides i was like was entertainment weekly around that time the only reason i
0: know it was is because we were talking about sleeping with the enemy oh and, and she we referenced was... A couple of the reviews from that. I quoted a couple of the reviewers. Because I didn't,
1: I became an Entertainment Weekly fan mainly because of my mom getting the magazines, and then I used to get them, and then I kind of stopped.
0: Yeah. <laughs> it got to be too much. Yeah. Weekly is a lot. The weekly, the weekly <laughs> became to too be-
1: weekly, too much. Too weekly. <laughs> I don't know. It was too weekly.
0: <laughs> Entertainment biweekly.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I was like, oh, I got more magazines to read. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right.
0: Um, <laughs> Katie Lang also composed uh, the score for "Even Cowgirls Get the Blues." Okay. And her songs will be featured in the 1991 movie "Until the End of the World." So we'll we'll hear her. Uh, later on is part of this thing uh, but my big pausing on the credits for this episode is going to be Chuck Connors who played Bingo Chuck um, he is a big time actor who's been acting since 1952 he's done uh, The Big Country he was in a movie called Geronimo where he played Geronimo eh uh he was lucas no. mccain on the rifleman which is probably the biggest role that he's known for 168 episodes of that He was on a tv show uh, in the mid-60s called branded as well for a couple seasons he's an old yeller soylent green airplane 2*. he's been in a whole bunch of stuff um but before all that he was a sports personality he played center for the boston celtics back in 1946 um for one season and then he quit that to try to go into baseball and was in the Brooklyn Dodgers minor league system for years. He did finally reach the major league club in 1949 and had one single at bat and then back down to the minors. He eventually landed with the Chicago Cubs in 1951 and played 66 games with them.
1: Do you have his card?
0: I do not have his card but he does have cards. He has cards in 1959 for the Riflemen, so they had you know non-sports cards way back then for these popular TV shows. So he does have a 1959 Rifleman card. Uh, also in 1988, there is a Cubs card for him through the Pacific Legends set. Um, he even has a 19, I think it was 88 uh, postcard for his time in the Brooklyn Dodgers. So even though he only had one at bat, he still got commemorated through a, a Dodgers postcard through some other series. Uh, he also has some non-sports cards in the 1991 sets, face-to-face famous celebrity guessing game, and also 1991 set Starline Hollywood Walk of Fame. Um, he has a uh, he does have a star on the Walk of Fame, and he's also been inducted in the National Cowboy and Western Heritage Museum uh, back in 1991. Why don't we talk about true crime pop culture?
1: Yeah, so this movie was released. October 31st 1991 the day before people under the stairs and you know there was nothing newsworthy happening on either days even though yeah it's Halloween and I looked up some TV I also have um, I haven't done this in a while some albums that were released in October and I found there were like a lot I'm only going to name three there were a lot or it surprised me that were released within the last couple of weeks of October and um, the first one was Black Sheep's A Wolf in Sheep's Clothing Okay. that was released October 22nd 1991 I mainly remember that because my uncle was like a huge fan of theirs and I didn't know that this was 1991. I was like, oh, cool. A lot On the same day is an album that I still love to this day, and I also am surprised that it was released in 1991, was Matthew Sweet's Girlfriend.
0: Oh, really? That early?
1: Yeah. Huh. I was like, are you for real? So this was <laughs> released October 22nd, 1991, and I was like, wow, okay, I have this... I definitely have this on CD and this was his third album and you know his most famous and it was breakup songs because he just went through a divorce in like 1990 so because of his d- divorce girlfriend came to be and that album was it was on the list as number 61 as on according to paste magazine as one of the 90 best albums of the
0: 90s which i agree and that was the video that had like anime and stuff like that
1: yeah yeah it's been a while because all i remember was uh, so i like when i was well, not exactly at 11, but, like, later on, I became, like, obsessed with this album. And then I was like, I, like, Matthew Sweet is awesome. And then I remember seeing that video, and then it shows his face. And I was like, ugh, because he's... <laughs> yeah. yeah,
0: it's like a close-up of his face. <laughs> yeah, And his then, face. like, animes and, like, yeah. fading in. Yeah, in yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs>
1: but I was just, like, taken aback by his face. <laughs> I shouldn't be mean. But I was like, oh, that's what he... Because, I, I mean... There's no internet in the early 90s. Yeah,
0: the the CD doesn't have his picture Yeah, the CD
1: just has, like, like a beautiful woman on the cover. And you're like, oh, Matthew Swede sounds cool. And then you see his face. You're like, oh, that's what he looks like. And then I was like, I'm scared. Yeah.
0: That's why we're on a podcast and not a TV show. Yeah,
1: no one wants to look at our faces. (laughs) I don't know. I was just like, oh, that's what he looks like. So, yeah, you can't. It's like, if you like a certain band or whatever now, you just look them up and be like, oh, that's them. But, mm-hmm. you know, it takes, like, five years, and you're like, oh, that's what he looks like? Okay. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. Okay. So that was the second one that was released in that month. I mean, there was a bunch that were I was surprised about in October. And then the third one that also I didn't... I remember this, but I didn't know this was October 91 or 91 at all, was uh, Big Daddy Kane's Prince of Darkness. That was released October 29th, 1991. All right. And that album had appearances from Q-Tip and Busta Rhymes. Did you have those albums or no? No, I didn't
0: have them. I mean, you didn't I, have anything
1: Big Daddy Kane or Black Sheep?
0: I've listened to Big Daddy Kane like on the radio since, but I didn't him that much
1: back then yeah okay and then moving on to TV there wasn't much difference so I mean we'll talk about I mean it was Halloween and there were a lot of Halloween episodes on this day so on ABC was Gabriel's fire which we've spoken about before that's yeah the james earl james Ger- james earl jones show
0: mm-hmm.
1: after that was uh fbi the untold stories and then another sort of similar tv show called american detective they had a lot of these
0: yeah they did they're were- now they're re- relegated to like basic cable channels like forensic yeah. files and right files yeah they and... had a bunch of these just yeah.
1: similar subject but you know different stories i guess mm-hmm. and then on cbs was top cops which we've spoken about too that's yeah, yeah. kind of like you know live action yeah. documentary style about cops telling whatever their hero hero
0: stories similar vein
1: yeah, and then after that was The Trials of Rosie O'Neill, which we've spoken to about before, that had Sharon Glass in it, and, you know, she was probably, like, a DA or an attorney. I forgot already. <laughs> yeah. I forgot already. Yep. After that was Knots Landing. And then on Fox, which had all the Halloween-themed episodes was first the simpsons treehouse of horror 2 which we watched Mm -hmm. for this podcast we watched again recently i don't want to say we watched but at that time but we watched it recently on disney plus and it's the episode where homer gets the monkey paw
0: yeah it's the monkey paw and then bart has his mental powers where the whole town is in fear of him like if 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 he senses someone isn't happy then he's gonna do whatever Mm -hmm. and then homer is fired from his work and gets the job as a gravedigger and then they do like a frankenstein type of a thing with him yeah yeah monkey paw is probably one of the most classic episodes. yeah segments of it Mm -hmm. it's also back when they were doing like marge's warnings to the audience at the beginning of the whole thing
1: like warning kids
0: yeah i don't know they probably felt like they had to do that back then
1: Alright, after that was an episode of Drexel's Class, which starred A.J. Langer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so this was their, ep- their Halloween episode. And after that was Beverly Hills 90210, which they had their own Halloween episode.
0: So on to rankings and ratings. Um, where on your 1-5 to five star scale would you put salmon berries? I
1: mean, I'm gonna give this a
0: Okay. I think that's probably fair. I'm going to be in the same area or so. On my zero to four star scale with the half stars in there, I'm going to probably say one and a half. And it's mostly for the, the visual, technical filmmaking yeah. side uh, over anything else. Um, every movie's worth watching once. Would you watch this again? so either. I'm interested in Baghdad Cafe if only so I can you know. Maybe See why it in. was nominated? Or? Yeah why it was nominated and you know like what is it about that story that will lend itself to a TV comedy? Yeah. So I'd watch other Percy Alon movies. I'm good. I don't, I don't need this anymore. You can put the berries on the shelf. Uh, if you out there want to watch Salmon Berries as of this recording in October 2021 it's available on Prime tubi shout factory tv digital rental or dvd not vhs oddly uh, as always check your local listings as far as you can listen to us on all your major podcasting platforms please remember to rate review subscribe and tell your friends it really does help us out a lot you can email us at 1991 movie at gmail.com of course you can follow us on twitter instagram facebook and letterboxd just search 1991 movie rewind or go to 1991 movie for the full list of 800 plus movies along with show notes and more Next week, we're continuing our food month, but we're going to have dessert before dinner as we watch John Candy in Delirious. That's available on Pluto TV, Hoopla, Digital Rental, VHS, or DVD. We will see you then.
1: Thanks.